0: You know, if you have any doubt whatsoever about who originated Christmas, the Bible is very clear about it. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And you know, God in sending his son, his plan cut right across what human nature would have expected it cut across popular thinking uh, and much in the way that it would have if it had happened right now. You see, if you were God, you could have arranged the arrival of your son to the planet Earth in any way that you wanted. You could plan it so that it would rival the Super Bowl halftime event and would rival the Olympics opening Because you were God, you could do that. If you were God, you could have your son born in the biggest and most impressive city in the world. Take your choice of any city in the world. And it could be that you could choose the most impressive premises for your child, your son to be born. And the fact is that you would have chosen the most noticeable couple that were on earth at that time. If you were God, you would have had the means to have your son born in any place on the planet. You would have um, chosen any place that you wanted. And the question would be, if you were God, would you have chosen oh little town of Bethlehem? If you were God, you could have chosen any family, in the world, uh, it could have been any couple that your son would be born into. And if you were God, would you have chosen Mary and Joseph, who were in fact just laborers? They were, they were known as the lowest of the low in society at their time. And, and if you were God, would you have allowed your son to be born in a filthy stable? See, the fact is that Jesus was born into a world of more. The fact was that back then nations wanted more and so the kings of the earth were invading different nations to attack and to gather more land and to look for any way possible to get more people that were now part of their kingdoms so that they could have the resources of those kingdoms for every king was looking for more. Business people wanted more, more employees, more profits, so they would be into lying and cheating and finding loopholes in the law in order to attempt to get more because everyone was after more. Politicians wanted more. Actors and actresses wanted more. And everybody wanted more entertainment and pleasure. And God had watched this going on for century after century after century. This insane desire for more that was demonically driven, a pursuit for more. Sounds a little bit like the world we live in today. And as he watched that, as he watched people's lives spiraling out of control and plunging into devastation, all because of this insane desire for more. Then he decided to send his son to earth with a rescue plan for mankind. Uh, He brilliantly arranged his arrival in a way that would ever, forever mock the myth of more. It was a plan that served notice that every human life is longing and desperate uh, uh, for more, and yet will never be satisfied in this lifetime in their pursuit of more. The desire for one more purchase, one more position of power, one more round of pleasure and entertainment. And in the way that God operated, in the way that God sent Jesus to earth, uh, He was saying, Watch how my sons arrive on your planet. Uh, And you maybe will discover that less is more. So he chose Bethlehem over Rome. And he chose a barn barn over a palace. And he chose laborers over royalty. And each Christmas as we look at the nativity, we're forced to ask the question... Are we being sucked into this insane attraction for more? Because we always find that more out-promises itself and underdelivers delivers itself and leaves us feeling empty and feeling that we have been chasing dreams that never come to pass. The other thing I want you to notice about the arrival of Jesus that was brilliantly planned by God. The arrival of Jesus was brilliantly planned so that millions upon millions of people weren't alienated. He would know as he looked over humankind back then, as he looked down on the planet Earth, that it was back then as it is right now that billions on the planet live on next to nothing, Today, 2 billion people on our planet live on less than $2 a day. In our country right now, 47 million need assistance for food stamps to survive and to keep food coming on the table. In ancient times, as in our times, staggering amounts of people were poor. People asked why Riverside stays in the city one of the city politicians asked me that why aren't you out in the suburbs? And I said because Jesus sent us to the poor and the broken and the destitute and we want to be right in the middle of where they are. You see? You see back then in the day when Jesus was born, the last thing, the last thing that poor people needed to see was a baby arrival reeking of excess and waste. God wanted people to know that no one was alienated and no one was excluded. I've got to give you one more reason why God chose this humble way for his son to be born in Bethlehem. You see, friends, tonight, on this Christmas Eve, God wants no one confused about the reason that he was sending his son to earth. He wanted people totally convinced that his plan was that Jesus was come to earth was coming to earth with a rescue mission. He was on a rescue mission to rescue people whose personal lives were sinking. He was on a rescue mission to come to people, the poor, the broken, the rich, and, and the, those in royalty, whoever they are. No one was alienated. He was coming with a rescue plan for the whole of mankind. See, there are a lot of things that cause people's lives to sink. Sometimes it's ambition and greed, and sometimes it's hatred and unforgiveness that people carry. Sometimes it's anger and envy. And then other times it's just fear and despair. Life just crowds in with uh, fear and despair. And then there are those who are sinking in shame and hopelessness, uh, a sense that their past has been so bad uh, that they feel hopeless with regard to the future. So let me ask you tonight, is there anyone here that feels that maybe your ship is sinking this Christmas? That it is the Christmas has lost its flair to you, Christmas has lost its dazzle, that it is that what life has done to you, what has happened in your home, in your family, in your work life, whatever has happened, has caused you to feel your ship is sinking. You know, recently over Thanksgiving, uh, my two brothers came to visit with their wives from the UK, and they were with us over Thanksgiving, and uh, the three kings were together again. And um, one morning we decided that we would go down to the Riverside Museum and go around the Titanic Exhibition, and um, that massive ship that sunk just over a century ago, this huge ship that was said to be unsinkable actually sank in icy waters and 1,500 people lost their lives. I want to tell you, if you've not been to that exhibition, it's worth going. It was an intriguing morning as we relived some of the terrible of the things of that night when that great ship went down in the icy waters. You know, the question has been asked why the Navy didn't immediately send help to seek to reach that ship in case people were trapped in air pockets, some uh, uh, for hours and days trapped in air pockets. Why didn't the Navy send help in order to reach those people? The fact was that no attempt to rescue them was made. Well, the answer that was given was simply this. The water was too deep. It was over two miles deep. And the cost would have been way too high to seek to reach those people that may be in air pockets. So the attempt to rescue and to get to them was thought out of the question because of the fact that the waters were too deep and the cost would be too high. You know, as I reflected on that as I lay in bed that night, I thank God that every seven days or so from this platform, I get the chance to tell anyone who will listen that there is no depth too deep that you have sunk to, and no price too high for God to pay to both see you in your sin and reach down and rescue you. I get this awesome privilege to tell you that that first Christmas, the reason that Jesus came was because he wanted to reach you in your sin and rescue you from a fate that's worse than death, to rescue you from sin and hell and to bring you back into his family. I thank God that night that I have the chance to say to people that God sent Jesus to rescue you and to raise you up and set you on a new track that will change your life forever and forever and forever, that will change your life on earth and will guarantee you eternal life in heaven. There is no depth too deep and there's no price too high. So can I ask you again tonight, this Christmas Eve, when we celebrate the coming of God's rescue plan, Jesus the rescuer, is there anyone who is here who feels you're sinking this Christmas and you need a rescue? Anyone here that realizes that you're on a wrong track and you're sinking? Anyone finding that your plans are not working as you thought they were? Anyone finding that your plan is not delivering as the promise was? Anyone finding here that you're not being delivered from your shame and your embarrassment of the past? Anyone here that's sinking in the sense of hopelessness? What is life about anyway? And you are sinking in a sense of total despair... And you're going down and you don't know how far, how much further you can take and go. You are just falling and falling and you need a rescuer. I, I want to tell you something tonight that will be the greatest Christmas present you will ever receive. And it's simply this. God loves you tonight. Whoever you are, wherever you sit in, whether you're in, in, uh, inside of me, you may be hiding under the balcony there. You, you may be throughout the congregation uh, and you have a smile on your face and everyone around you wouldn't realize But the fact is tonight that God is coming where you are and he is saying, I want you to know this this Christmas. I want you to get it. I want you to get it in your heart, not only in your head, but in your heart. God is saying, I love you. That is what Christmas is all about. He really does love you tonight. He sent his son on a salvage mission to earth and he had you in mind. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about you. He knew that you would come to a place in your life where you were sinking and you had no other plan. He that you would come to a place where you would be hoping that someone would reach out to you where you were and pull you up and rescue you. He knew that and sent Jesus Christ that first Christmas Eve, and he sends him again this Christmas Eve to rescue you. Now, I can hear you say, well, you know, you make it sound so simple, but how does that really happen? Well, very quickly the Bible is very clear about how it happens. The first thing that happens is that you have to admit you're sinking. Stop pretending everything is okay. And admit to God your plan has failed for your life. Admit to God I'm sinking. Admit to God that you've pushed him to the very out limits of your life and you've kept him at a distance and you've not allowed him to be a part of your life. That you said to God, I can do this on my own, but now you're sinking. And you've pushed God to the outer limits of your life. And admit to God that in the past, you've resented his attempts to rescue you because God has come to you before and you've resisted him, kept him at a distance and said, I don't need you, but you are sinking. And so, the first thing that's got to happen is to admit, I'm sinking. I, I'm going down. I have got no answers. I need a rescuer. And the second part of it, of how this rescue plan happens, is found in the book of Romans, chapter 10, and verse 13. Listen to it, listen carefully. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued. Hey, do me a favor right now. Pull out your cell phone. Yeah, come on, get it out. I know they tell you to put it away and turn it off. I'm telling you to take it out right now. See, if you were in some kind of desperate trouble, if it was that you were in a moment where you, you were facing stuff that you didn't know what to do. You, you would pull out your phone and you would call up someone who you felt could help you, at least give you advice and show you what to do. You would pull your phone out and, and, and you would see if they could help you and, and rescue you in the moment you'd call them up. The Bible wants you thinking in that way with regard to your spiritual life. Keep your phones out. You're going to need them in a minute. I didn't think I was doing that bad, actually. But. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved or rescued. So what we have to do is admit I'm sinking and then just call on the name. Of Jesus. Call on God to rescue you. Just say, God, it's me, and I've messed up my life and I'm sinking. I need you to rescue me. And it's my experience, and the experience of many others that are in this room tonight that God heard my call. He heard my call. It was August the 23rd, 1963. I called on the name of the Lord. I called him up. And I said, I'm sinking in sin. I'm sinking. I've got no plan of my own that's working. And I want you to rescue me. And I want to tell you what he did for me. He did for others that are in this room tonight. There are others sitting here right now. If they're honest, they would say, he rescued me as well. He came where I was and he rescued me. And he wants to rescue you this Christmas Eve you know the greatest news the angels sang about that first Christmas Eve was that anyone and everyone can be rescued Hey, listen the water's not too deep and the price is not too high because Jesus paid the price on the cross of Calvary he died in your place he took the punishment for your sin and my sin It was a high price. It took the blood of God to save you. And he died on the cross in your place. And he paid the price so that you could be rescued. And I want to tell you, you've not fallen too deep. He can reach you. He knows where you are. He knows what you've been going through. He even knew you'd be here tonight. And he's reaching out. He wants to rescue you. And some of you may say, well, you know, it's too good to be true. Hey, listen, we felt the same. We we felt the same way. We felt it's too good to be true that I admit that I'm a sinner and I just call on the name of the Lord and he rescues me. Oh, we all felt it was too good to be true. But I want to tell you, I've followed him now for over 50 years, And I want to tell you what I thought was too good to be true is absolutely true because he rescued me and he's given me a life beyond what I could ever have expected. So tonight in this place, I want you to humble yourself before a great loving God. I want you to make the call to be rescued. I want you to say to God, hey God, I'm the woman or I'm the man and I'm through with pushing you away. I need to be rescued this Christmas. I I really believe it's time for you to make the call. Let me tell you a story very quickly. You know, there's a guy named Adrian, he lives in the UK and he'd gone far away from God In fact, he'd gone so far away from God, his life was messed up. His wife was on the verge of it all being over and he'd fallen deep into sin and into rebellion. And one Christmas Eve, he made the call. He actually called me and he asked if I would go to his house. And I went to his house and a long story short, I led him back home to Jesus, and Jesus rescued him that night. Just recently on Facebook, Adrian asked me if I remembered that night. And I said to him, yeah, it was Christmas Eve 1984, Adrian. It's 32 years ago. He said, it was the greatest night of my life. Hey, listen, friends, Jesus knows how to rescue people. He knows how to reach them. And all you have to do is to make the call. So right now, right now in prayer, I'm going to ask you, are you ready to make the call? If you're ready to make that call right now, I'm going to ask that we all bow in prayer a moment. And if you say, hey, John, this Christmas Eve, I'm ready to make the call. I want you to put your hand up. I want you to put your hand right up if you're saying, I'm ready to make the call. Yeah, God bless you, God bless you. Don't be embarrassed, just raise your hand. I'm gonna see it. Is there anyone else that says, I'm ready to make the call? I admit that I'm sinking and I'm ready to make the call. Is there anyone else? Yeah, God bless you in the corner. Anyone else? You know you're sinking. You're saying yes to Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. If you got one of these phones and you're ready to make the call, I want you to do what I'm doing. Just put your light on. In the air right now, so I can see. Is there anyone? Just put it up. Is there anyone? Yeah, God bless you. Just put it right up. Put it right up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep them up in the air. Is there anyone else saying, I want to get it right tonight? Jesus, reach me. I've fallen. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? As God knocks at your heart still, God bless you at the back. God bless you under the balcony. Just keep your light shining there. I want us all to pray right now. want the congregation to help me with this. Will you pray with these people who have got their light shining tonight? They're saying, rescue me, Jesus. So pray this prayer out loud with me, line after line. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sinking. I need you to rescue me. Thank you for paying the price. Thank you for reaching down to where I am. I know I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive my sin. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, do me a favor right now. If you're a Christian here, you know Jesus, you put your phone up with the light on right now. Can you do that? Everyone who loves Jesus, hey, put them right up. Oh, isn't that a great sight? You know Jesus as your Savior. Yeah. I I'll ask you to do that so that those who have done it for the first time tonight when they surrendered their lives to Jesus may know, may know that we are here and we've all had to come the same way. We've all had to admit that we were sinking in sin and we all had to ask Jesus to rescue us and these lights are shining tonight to tell you you've just become part of one gigantic family of God who loved Jesus with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. Hallelujah. Hey, keep them lights up. And we're gonna, I'm gonna do that just again. This time, do something that's outside of your comfort zone, right? You can't clap your hands and hold your phone up, but you can shout hallelujah, or you can shout yes, me, or you can shout praise the Lord, or you can shout thank you, Jesus. Alright, on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Wonderful. You can put your lights out for now. Keep them keep them handy. We may pull them out again. We're nearly finished now. Here's what we're going to do now, friends, to close. You know, Jesus, just before he went back to heaven, he said, I want you to do something. He said, when you meet together, I want you to take bread, and I want you to take wine he told them there okay we don't have wine but you will have a surprise tonight because tonight because it's Christmas Eve I think we've got Panera's best bread and we've got sparkling sparkling fruit juice tonight all right but what we're doing is saying we're in the family of God we're part of God's family and so the worship team are going to lead us in a song and we want you to come right up to the tables that are set here and and just take a piece of bread and a cup and take it back to your seat or if you want to kneel at the altar tonight we'll soon be out of you now friends we're coming to the end of our service but right now we're going to take this bread and we're going to take this cup we're going to say thank you Jesus thank you for rescuing me Thank you, Jesus, for seeing me sinking in my sin and reaching me and lifting me up and giving me a brand new life. That's what you're saying every time you take a piece of bread and you take the cup. You're saying, thank you that your body was broken, your blood was shed, the price was paid for me to be part of the family of God. And I love you for that. So what better way tonight for us to draw near to the end of the service, but to take communion together. So as we've been led in this song, please come forward and and help yourself to the bread and the cup. And uh, let's just remember Jesus right.